Good morning. Good morning. Welcome to Zion on this beautiful Sunday morning, the 15th Sunday after Pentecost. A quick reminder from me, first off, that Sunday school confirmation will begin next Sunday. Uh, that also includes our adult Sunday school class. So if you're looking for an opportunity to discuss scripture, discuss the word of the Lord with some other adults, please take advantage of Sunday school. Uh, it's a great opportunity uh, to be in fellowship with others. Also, I got a call yesterday to make sure that we're praying for Michael Hawk, who's Matt's older brother, who's admitted into the hospital with COVID. So keep them and their family in your prayers. Are there other prayer requests, other, other things to bring before the congregation? Yeah, Marcia. Okay, can you say that name for me again? Carl Wartz? Lawrence. Okay. Right, if there are no other announcements, I'll invite you to take a moment to quiet your hearts and minds as we listen to the prelude and prepare to worship. Congregation, I invite you to stand. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Almighty God, to whom all hearts are open, all desires known, and from whom no secrets are hid, cleanse the thoughts of our hearts by the inspiration of your Holy Spirit, that we may perfectly love you and worthily magnify your holy name. Through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Amen. 
And now let us confess our sin in the presence of God and of one another. Most merciful God, we confess that we are captive to sin and cannot free ourselves. We have sinned against you in thought, word, and deed by what we have done and by what we have left undone. We have not loved you with our whole heart. We have not loved our neighbors as ourselves. For the sake of your Son, Jesus Christ, have mercy on us, forgive us, renew us, and lead us so that we may delight in your will and walk in your ways to the glory of your holy name. Amen. In the mercy of Almighty God, Jesus Christ was given to die for you, and for his sake God forgives you all your sins. To those who believe in Jesus Christ, he gives the power to become the children of God and bestows on them the Holy Spirit. Amen. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. And also with you. In peace, let us pray to the Lord. For the peace from above and for our salvation, let us pray to the Lord. 
for the peace of the whole world, for the well-being of the Church of God, and for the unity of all. Let us pray to the Lord. For this holy house and for all who offer here their worship and praise, let us pray to the Lord. Help, save, comfort, and defend us, gracious Lord. Gracious God, throughout the ages you transform sickness into health and death into life. Open us to the power of your presence and make us a people ready to proclaim your promises to the whole world. Through Jesus Christ, our healer and Lord. Amen. first reading is from Isaiah. Say to those who are of a fearful heart, be strong, do not fear. Here is your God. He will come with vengeance, with terrible recompense. He will come and save you. Then the eyes of the blind shall be opened and the ears of the deaf unstopped. Then the lame shall leap like a deer and the tongue of the speechless sing for joy. 
for waters shall break forth in the wilderness and streams in the desert. The burning sand shall become a pool and the thirsty ground springs of water. The word of the Lord. We will say responsibly Psalm 146. Hallelujah, praise the Lord, O my soul. Put not your trust in rulers, in mortals in whom there is no help. Happy are they who have the God of Jacob for their help, whose hope is in the Lord their God. Who gives justice to those who are oppressed and food to those who hunger. The Lord sets the captive free. The Lord cares for the stranger. The Lord sustains the orphan and the widow, but frustrates the way of the wicked. The second reading is from James. <clears throat> My brothers and sisters, do you with your acts of favoritism really believe in our glorious Lord Jesus Christ? For if a person with gold rings and in fine clothes comes into your assembly, and if a poor person in dirty clothes also comes in, and if you take notice of the one wearing the fine clothes and say, have a seat here please, while to the one who is poor you say, stand there or sit at my feet. Have you not made distinctions among yourselves and become judges with evil thoughts? Listen, my beloved brothers and sisters. Has not God chosen the poor in the world to be rich in faith and to be heirs of the kingdom that he has promised to those who love him? But you have dishonored the poor. Is it not the rich who oppress you? Is it not they who drag you into court? Is it not they who blaspheme the excellent name that was invoked over you? You do well if you really fulfill the royal law according to the scripture. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. But if you show partiality, you commit sin and are convicted by the law as transgressors. For whoever keeps the whole law but fails in one point has become accountable for all of it. For the one who said you shall not commit adultery also said you shall not murder. Now if you do not commit adultery but if you murder you have become a transgressor of the law. So speak and so act as those who are to be judged by the law of liberty. For judgment will be without mercy to anyone who has shown no mercy. Mercy triumphs over judgment. What good is it, my brothers and sisters, if you say you have faith but do not have works? Can faith save you? If a brother or sister is naked and lacks daily food and one of you says to them, go in peace, keep warm and eat your fill, and yet 
you do not supply their bodily needs, what is the good of that? So faith by itself, if it has no works, is dead. The word of the Lord. Gospel according to St. Mark. Jesus set out and went away to the region of Tyre. He entered a house and did not want anyone to know he was there. Yet he could not escape notice. But a woman whose little daughter had an unclean spirit immediately heard about him, and she came and bowed down at his feet. Now the woman was a Gentile of Syrophoenician origin, and she begged him to cast the demon out of her daughter. He said to her, Let the children be fed first, for it is not fair to take the children's food and throw it to the dogs. But she answered him, Sir, even the dogs under the table eat the children's crumbs. Then he said to her, For saying that you may go, the demon has left your daughter. So she went home, found the child lying on the bed, and the demon gone. Then he returned from the region of Tyre and went by way of Sidon toward the Sea of Galilee. Galilee in the region of the Decapolis. They brought to him a deaf man who had an impediment in speech, and they begged him to lay his hand on him. He took him aside in private, away from the crowd, and put his fingers into his ears, and he spat and touched his tongue. Then, looking up to heaven, he sighed and said to him, Ephaphatha, that is, be opened. And immediately his ears were opened, his tongue was released, and he spoke plainly. Then Jesus ordered them to tell no one. But the more he ordered them, the more zealously they proclaimed it. They were astounded beyond measure, saying, He has done everything well. He even makes the deaf to hear and the mute to speak. The Gospel of our Lord. Praise you, Christ. I should be Children, I invite you forward. All right, this is a Motley crew this morning. So, I wonder if you could cover your ears up like this. Can you cover your ears up tight? Can you hear me? I gotta go tighter, tighter. Can you hear me? <laughs> you guys still hear me? You're pretty good. Yeah. But is it easier to hear? When you take your hands off your ears, is it easier to hear me? Yeah? Okay, do it again. Can you hear me? <laughs> okay, good. Now you can hear me? Can you hear me? Good. Right? When you take your ears off, then you can hear. Our gospel lesson this morning tells about a story of Jesus healing a man who couldn't hear. It says his ears were closed up. He couldn't hear anything. All right, and Jesus then heals him. Jesus puts his fingers in his ears, and he opens up his ears, and then he can hear. And I think sometimes we need our ears opened up. Right? Sometimes we don't realize that God is speaking to us in our day-to-day -day life, 
as we go and live our life, we don't realize, we don't hear God speaking. But maybe if Jesus opens up our ears, we'll hear God. Do you know how I think we might hear God speaking to us? Any ideas? Well, did you know sometimes when your parents say they love you, when your parents give you a nice gift, when your parents give you a hug, when your parents feed you, in some ways that's God speaking to you too. Because God's given you the gift of parents who say that they love you and who take care of you. So that's one way that God speaks to us. But we have to have our ears open or we won't realize that. But when we realize that God gives us good gifts, then we'll start to hear God. We also hear God speaking to us right here. Right? When we read scriptures, when we listen to preaching, when we hear the words of communion and come to communion, that's all God speaking to us. But we have to have our ears open. We have to be aware and listen. Let's pray. Lord, open up our ears to hear you speaking to us and to know your love. Amen. name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Well, I just got to pick on my kids, so I also received prior permission to pick on my wife. Um, so I won't get in trouble later, but many of you know that my wife is from Kentucky. She was born and raised there, and she lived there her whole life, until I brought her up to the civilized world of Ohio. <laughs> but uh, when I met her, she had the slightest southern accent. But over the years of being married to me, and living here, and living around other people not from Kentucky, her accent is pretty much gone. But this past summer, she went to Kentucky for a week to spend time with family and friends down there. And when she came back, I noticed that the accent had come back too, but just slightly. I don't know that most people would have noticed. I don't think she noticed, but I could hear it. Right? But it's the world around us that influences how we speak, how we hear. Just as an accent can come and go based on who we're spending time with. Right? We have ears that hear, that pick up on the things around us. I think about when we lived in Lima. Right? There was always background noise. Either noise from the streets, noise from the refinery, the railroads, dogs barking whatever. The hum of the city was constant. And so I would take the kids out of the city to a park and just sit and be stunned by that true silence. Right? There was no hum, no cars, nothing, just stillness. But our ears adapt to our context. If we're always around noise, the noise will no longer be noticeable. If everyone around us speaks a certain way, we also start to adapt and begin to speak that same way. Well, so the spiritual aspect of hearing and speaking play an important role in our gospel reading this morning. 
So Jesus has traveled outside of Israel, which is something he only does a couple times in the Gospels. But in our story this morning, in the second story of our reading, he's in a region surrounding the Decapolis. So these were ten cities built just a couple hundred years before Christ by Greek politicians who wanted cities in that region to look more like Greece, not like the Jewish cities or the Semitic cities in Palestine. So these cities in the Decapolis, they were not centers of Jewish religion. In fact, Jewish practices were looked down upon in those cities. And so for Jews, the Decapolis represented the secular world, the world out there, the world that did not know God, the world that did not know how to speak about God, the truth about God, they never heard what God had said. And so the deaf man in our story comes to be a symbol for the inability to hear and speak about God. He represents the nations who do not know the Lord and who need their ears opened to the word of the Lord. He's unable to hear and unable to speak until Christ opens his ears and loosens his tongue. Well, I wonder if in our world we also have become so secular that we have a hard time hearing the word of God. We have a hard time speaking the things of God. Do we go about our day-to-day -day activities with our ears closed up? Maybe we have all become so accustomed to the noise of the world that we are deaf to the things of God. And it's almost hard to blame anyone if that's the case. We're constantly surrounded by noise, by information, stories, political commentary, statistics, data, money-making opportunities, feedback about our work, text threads about our kids' activities, so on. If we wanted to be busy and distracted 24 hours a day, seven days a week, we could easily accommodate that, easily. And in all that noise, all that business, how much of it is filling our ears up and keeping us from hearing the things of God? How much of it is distracting us from speaking about the things of God? In his little book, The Power of Silence, the Roman Catholic Cardinal Seurat writes, our world no longer hears God because it constantly is speaking, and it speaks at a devastating speed and volume, and it says nothing. Modern civilization does not know how to be quiet. It holds forth in an unending monologue. Modern society rejects the past and looks at the present as a cheap consumer object. It pictures the future in terms of progress. Its dream, which has become a sad reality, will have been to lock silence away in a dungeon. Thus, there is dictatorship of speech, dictatorship of verbal emphasis. And in the theater of shadows, nothing is left but a wound of mechanical words, without perspective, without truth, without foundation. And quite often in modern society, truth is nothing more than the pure and misleading creation of the media corroborated by fabricated image and testimonies. And when that happens, the word of God fades away, inaccessible, inaudible. Well, this connects us to our story here in Mark 7. Right, when we become secular people, the word of God begins to fade away from our ears. It becomes inaccessible, inaudible. It's not, of course, it's obviously not a physical problem with our ears. We might hear frequencies just fine. But it's the deafness of our hearts that makes God's word inaccessible to us sinners. It also happens that if we no longer have ears to hear the word of God, 
we become unable to speak it. For we only speak in the way that we are shaped by what we hear. So just as we pick up our accents or our manner of speaking from those closest to us, we won't be able to speak the praises of God or to say the truth of the gospel to our neighbor unless our ears are open to hear the word. Christ, however, as we see in Mark 7, speaks to us. He speaks to us, though our sin and distraction have closed up our ears to the word of God. The great declaration of the gospel, the grace of Christ to poor sinners, is in that little phrase from our reading, be open. Be open. Christ opened the deaf man's ears. He freed the tongue. The man who had lived in the secular world, who knew nothing of the things of God, could now speak truth plainly. And that's who we are. We are the people who can hear the word of God and who can speak it plainly in our prayers and praises and witness to the world. Luther once remarked that in outward life, you could not tell a Christian from a non-Christian. Both kinds of people still had to plow their fields. They had to go about their daily chores, take care of their bodily needs, raise their children. But there was little noticeably different about how they lived their lives. They seemed to be the same. But he said Christians had two parts of their body that were very different than non-Christians, their ears and their tongues. He writes, the Christian speaks and hears differently. He has a tongue which praises the grace of God and preaches Christ as Lord. A Christian cares not to hear words about silver and gold, but only that which is said of Christ. It's Christ who opens our ears. Christ who opens our ears against the noise of the world to let us hear his good news. Like picking up an accent, our ears will hear the lies of the world and will hear the truth of the gospel. Our sinful hearts will be closed up. They will close up our ears to what is good and true. But it's Christ who opens them up. It's Christ who says, be open. It's Christ who loosens our tongues to let us share the good news with the world. That's who Christ is. The one who restores the world to him. To be able to hear good news, to speak of God's glory, to say hallelujah, praise the Lord. It's Christ who frees us to hear and frees us to speak. What we see in our gospel reading is that Christ opens us up to this grace. It's Christ who opens us up to receive the gospel, to share with others. He opens us up for all that's good, that we might receive life and health from him. And that's now the challenge of living in this world as ones with open ears. Do we hear the gospel in our lives? Do we experience God's loving care on, in our day-to-day -day activities? Or does the noise of the world shut up our ears? Christ has opened our ears, so let us listen to him. Christ has promised us life and salvation. He has promised us forgiveness of sins. So let us open our ears to that goodness. Let us open our ears to that hope. Amen.
stand and confess our faith using the Nicene Creed. We believe in one God, the Father, the Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, of all that is seen and unseen. We believe in one Lord, Jesus Christ, the only Son of God, eternally begotten of the Father, God from God, light from light, true God from true God, begotten, not made, of one being with the Father. Through him all things were made. For us and for our salvation, he came down from heaven, was incarnate of the Holy Spirit and the Virgin Mary, and became truly human. For our sake, he was crucified under Pontius Pilate. He suffered death and was buried. On the third day, he rose again in accordance with the scriptures. He ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of the Father. He will come again in glory to judge the living and the dead, and his kingdom will have no end. We believe in the Holy Spirit, the Lord, the giver of life, who proceeds from the Father and the Son, who with the Father and the Son is worshipped and glorified, who has spoken through the prophets. We believe in one holy Catholic and apostolic church. We acknowledge one baptism for the forgiveness of sins, we look for the resurrection of the dead and the life of the world to come. Amen. Let us pray for the whole Church of God in Christ Jesus and for all people according to their needs. Heavenly Father, in holy baptism you have caused waters to break forth in the wilderness and made streams in the desert of this world. Open our eyes and open our ears to this new life in Christ. And may we hear your word, free us to walk uprightly, and loosen now our tongues to praise you for the treasure of your gospel. Lord, in your mercy. Heavenly Father, you have made all of us heirs of your kingdom through holy baptism, holding the faith in our Lord Jesus Christ, the Lord of glory. Keep us from showing partiality and making distinctions among ourselves, and make us instead rich in good works. Lord, in your mercy. Heavenly Father, create and sustain in us a lively faith in Christ, and lead us by your Spirit to be active in all good works. Lord, in your mercy. Heavenly Father, help parents to raise up their children to know you as their help and hope, that they may not put their trust in princes in whom there is no salvation. Lord, in your mercy. Heavenly Father, we place our hope in you and ask your blessings on Joseph, our president, and Richard Michael, our governor, and all rulers, that their plans would be ordered for the good of those they govern, and that you would execute your justice on behalf of the oppressed. Lord, in your mercy. Heavenly Father, behold graciously the sick and those in any need, especially Dwight, Jean, Kara, and Nancy, Roger, Troy, Donald, Donna, Ray, Jack, Nancy, John, Marilyn, Ken, Rose, Tony, Carolyn, Carolyn, Mike, the families of Carmen, the families of Carl. Lord, in your mercy. 
Heavenly Father, grant that all who come to the Lord's Supper this day would do so in repentance and faith for the forgiveness of sins and in the unity of true confession. Lord, in your mercy. All of these things and whatever else you know that we need, grant us, Father, for the sake of him who died and rose again and now lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Amen. And now the peace of the Lord be with you always. Holy God, gracious and merciful, you bring forth food from the earth and nourish your whole creation. Turn our hearts toward those who hunger in any way, that all may know your care, and prepare us now to feast on the bread of life, Jesus Christ, our Savior and Lord. Amen. Amen. The Lord be with you. Lift up your hearts. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is indeed right, our duty and our joy, that we should at all times and in all places give thanks and praise to you, almighty and merciful Father, through our Savior Jesus Christ, who on this day overcame death and the grave, and by his glorious resurrection opened to us the way of everlasting life, And so with all the choirs of angels, with the church on earth and the host of heaven, 
we praise your name and join their unending hymn. Holy, mighty, and merciful Lord, heaven and earth are full of your glory. In great love you sent to us Jesus, your Son, who reached out to heal the sick and suffering, who preached good news to the poor, and who on the cross opened his arms to all. In the night in which he was betrayed, our Lord Jesus took bread, gave thanks, and broke it, and gave it to his disciples, saying, Take and eat, this is my body given for you. Do this for the remembrance of me. And again after supper he took the cup, gave thanks, and gave it for all to drink, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood, shed for you and for all people for the forgiveness of sin. Do this for the remembrance of me. Remembering therefore his death, resurrection, and ascension, we await his coming in glory. Pour out upon us the spirit of your love, O Lord, and unite the wills of all who share this heavenly food the body and blood of Jesus Christ our Lord, to whom with you and the Holy Spirit be all honor and glory, now and forever. Amen. Amen. Lord, remember us in your kingdom and teach us to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not to temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. Taste and see that the Lord is good. Thanks be to God.
congregation, please stand. And now the body and blood of our Lord Jesus Christ strengthen you and keep you in his grace. Amen. Let us pray. We give you thanks, Almighty God, that you have refreshed us through the healing power of this gift of life. In your mercy, strengthen us through this gift and faith toward you and in fervent love toward one another for the sake of Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. bless you and keep you. The Lord's face shine on you with grace and mercy. The Lord look upon you with favor and give you peace. Amen. Peace, serve the Lord.